Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast coming to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and joining us today is my co-host, Mr. Joe Cahill. Joe, how are you today? I am here. How's that? I understand that quite, quite well. Um, before we get started, first of all, uh, Ray, unfortunately, will not be joining us. He is feeling a bit under the weather today, so um, it's just going to be me and Joe. And, of course, today but we would be remiss if we did not mention the sad news that uh, came out last week that we lost one of the one of the Star Wars family, um, David Prowse, who, of course, played the original Darth Vader. He was the actual man in the suit, passed away, sadly, at the age of And, you know, even though, and I know people have talked about, people have eulogized him uh, so much, so... You know, there's not much that we can't that that we could say that hasn't already been said. Um, you know, um, James Earl Jones may have done the voice, but the actual job of bringing Darth Vader to life, what, you you have to give it to David Prowse. The the mannerisms, the way he he gestured, you know, brought such gravitas to to it, you know. And made it made the made the character a living character, not just not just a scary deep voice, but you know he gave it presence. I think. Um, well, that but was everything I've read yeah, about six foot four. Six that? foot four. That was an imposing presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's part of the reason why he got the role was he was just so big. Well, you know, he was originally uh, offered bodybuilder. He was really? offered Chewbacca or I, Vader, and. Um, uh, per George Lucas, he, you know, he said he chose Darth Vader, and Lucas asked him, "Well, why are you choosing the bad guy?" And he goes, "Because everyone remembers the villain." Yeah, yeah. Um, but everything, everybody, everything that I've heard about him say uh, said he was just a sweetheart of a guy, um, really, you know, really good. And I think for me, the only thing that I I can think of that is kind of a shame is the fact that. They were never able to. He was never able to reconcile with Lucas. Phil. Right. Um, I know there are some, you know, some bad, a little bit of bad blood there, and that's just a real shame that that was never resolved, and that you know. Um, but you know, we have the memory of of of, uh, of him, and you know, uh, our condolences go out to the Prowse family. And his, you know, his, his the rest of his family that's still living, and um, and and you know he was, you know, made a force quite, quite an actor. Um, yeah, he was known yeah. as Darth Vader, but I mean, Clockwork Orange, Frankenstein Monster in two movies. Um, you know, he was the personal trainer mm -hmm. for Christopher Reeves for the first Superman movie. Yeah, uh, good friends, personal friends with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou uh, former body. Lou Fregno, former bodybuilder. I think he won several uh, bodybuilding contests in, uh, over in the and UK. And he was the, the green cross guard. Um, yes. Which was, yes. You, for a long time, that was a really big deal over there in England. <clears throat> and um, yeah, he actually flew all over the world within the Commonwealth to play that superhero, the, the cross guard. 
and uh, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, and he he actually says that was his most fulfilling. Yeah, but yeah, career. So, you know, rest in peace, Lord Vader. Um, yes, yeah. definitely. Uh, this this rebel will you know salute you. Uh, you should bow down before the Sith. <laughs> So we have a great show for you guys tonight. Um, we're sorry Ray's not here, since this topic was Ray's idea. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk tech. It was, it was. But I think we'll try to do it. We'll do justice. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the tech, and yeah, I think we have a a, a pause going on between us on this one because uh, you're not seeming to get my voice immediately. Uh, can you hear me now? Oh, I can hear you fine. It's, it's, I think it's a, um, not that we're not hearing each other. I think it's more of a delay. It could be. I'm hearing, like, I'm hearing you now fine. Yeah. Just every once in a while. Uh, that technology, ladies and gentlemen, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a something. Tom links work better in Star Wars than they do on the internet. This is true. Um, well, I mean, where should we get started with, with the, uh, technology? Well, I, I think Ray, who came up with the edit, really wanted us to talk about, and it kind of fits in with what we just finished, uh, about the tech of Darth Vader's suit. Mm. The prosthetics and yeah, the suit. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, obviously, Star Wars has so many other... Um, methods uh, of healing yeah. or prosthetics and that type of thing. Why does Vader's suit seem more primitive than the available tech? I think that was done on purpose. I think that was a a perp. That was something that was done on purpose by Palpatine to make sure that his apprentice didn't get. Two, I think there was, I think there, it was two things you can look at it. One is, you know, it was a Palpatine's way of making sure that he somewhat could limit Vader, what Vader could do. Um, so that Vader, you know, couldn't technically, you know, in his mind be a threat. Um, but there's also the intimidation factor. You know, you see that suit and that's, pretty intimidating now i um, I, I kind of agree with you about palpatine but i'm thinking the reason was a little different i'm thinking because you hmm. you know you find out in legends and everything that he was in a lot of pain inside that outfit hmm. and yeah you know pain leads to fear and leads to the dark side and makes him more powerful in the right. dark side and less likely to fall back to the light um yeah. So plus, yeah, there's the intimidation factor. Uh, you know, six foot four mm -hmm. inch, probably taller in the boots and the helmet, uh, walks towards you and can flee yeah. you across the room with or yeah. without the force. That's yeah. Cool. Well, there's also the possibility, I've heard this before, that it was punishment um for failing. You know, if you're I mean, if you think about it, Vader failed. His first, you know, yes, he killed all the Jedi, but he let Obi-Wan live. Obi-Wan defeated him. 
And, you know, the Sith don't exactly like failure. Yeah. So that the suit could have also been part of a punishment. You know, it's like, you failed, so this is your punishment is to go through this torment in this suit, you know, the rest of your life. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of different... And it could be, it really could be, a, you know, a little bit of everything, all of it. It could be, you know, punishment. It could be, you know, the emperor wanting to make sure that his pet stays his pet, so to speak. Increases, and, you know, strength in the force at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, very interesting. I know Ray really likes to goad me with this technology thing. Um when he brought it up the first time, he's all uh, why it seems like tech from, you know, went downhill into the original trilogy. And yeah, I disagree with him. Yeah. I, I, I mean, think tech increased by quite a bit. Um, when you watch the prequels. And the, I, th the I think, I think what. I think. What the. Yes and no. I think what people look what people look at when they say maybe the tech went downhill is when you look at the the prequels, everything looks shiny, everything looks, you know, pristine. Then you get into the original trilogy and you know, the empire isn't you know, it's not as chromey, I guess you could say. Uh everything's a lot more stark. Uh, with the rebels, everything is a little bit more dirty and grimy, and so I think that's where the idea that the tech went downhill is. Well, you know, when you look at, like I said, when you look at the the prequels, everything looks shiny and new and fancy, and it doesn't quite look like that when you get to the of, original. Of trilogy. course, on the in the original trilogy, you never go to the worlds that you see this is in true. the prequels. You don't go to Coruscant. We don't get to see Naboo. Um, yeah. And you do actually finally at the end, yeah. and if you at, you know that when we he added in in Jedi, um, you know Naboo mm -hmm. looked just the same uh, with the celebrations yeah. and sort of Coruscant, uh, and I think that's a misconception because if you look at Tatooine, Tatooine looks like Tatooine. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Mos Eisley looks yeah. like Mos Eisley. It, it's a it's a dirty mm -hmm. down crap, and of course the rebels aren't going to be on a. Um, main world where they'd be noticed uh they've got to pick the fringes and the outer rim true so because you know when i yeah. look at things like uh at at the beginning of episode three uh we've got the orbital mm -hmm. battle going on over coruscant and you've got clone troopers having to reload the uh, cannons True. Yeah, they're actually physically put, like shells of loading the gas with shells. Was. And then you know you get to the star destroyers in the in the originals, and those turbo lasers just blast away. Um, you're not having to yeah. reload them or you know carry that kind of a crew for that type of thing. Uh, the ships are much larger. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. They can fire from a greater range. Uh, they're not waiting to come into that yeah. close range broadside mess uh, mm -hmm. which you don't want to be in in space oh uh, no and that's yeah. where i mean there there have been 
videos and stuff done where people have said that's never how a space battle would happen. They'd never be that close, but they never take into account that, you know, they talk about battles being more than a light minute apart. Well, if you're that far apart and you can detect they're, they're firing at you, you don't have to change hardly any direction to avoid the shots. Um, you know, the greater the distance, the easier it is to avoid a shot. Uh, uh, you know, a minor course correction and it's miss. So you, yeah. you start moving back in closer so that fewer yeah. of your shots miss. And I think the Empire found that perfect range. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a mid-range where they could just unload on you as they do in the very beginning of Star Wars um, with the blockade runner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also think, I mean, and you can see even a, a change in tactic for large set battles between how the, you know, the Republic and the Separatists, like you said at the, at the beginning of episode three, where they're kind of got their ships like this to compare that to how they fought in Return of the Jedi, where they let the the fighters do most of the fighting. And they, they just kind of sat back and formed a perimeter, you know, a defensive perimeter in the back, and they just let the fighters go forward and do most of, of right. the fighting. So you see even a change in intact and and battle tactics, strikes you know almost like what you saw yeah kind of what you saw you know you started to see at the beginning of the, of the second world war um compared to you know the old dreadnoughts of the first world war and before that where it was just you know the big ships you know battleships of war slugging it out now you had you know planes going from miles away and you kind of see the same thing happening with the uh at the Battle of Endor, where the Empire just kind of sits back and lets the fighters do the work, and then, yeah, you know, it becomes more of a fighter war than a, an actual ship war. Um, one thing I also think that people always mention is is the. It seems like. The Empire focused on certain technologies when they when they were you know building their tech, you know, they 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 put all their efforts in. They seem to oh, they seem to put their 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 eggs in just a few baskets rather than diversifying and doing. You know, they said, okay, we're going to put all resources in the Death Star. We're going to put all resources in this, and um, you know. Because of that, I think you had things like, you know, the TIE fighters where they went for number more than, you know, an actually good ship, you know, that could withstand a lot of damage. They're like, we're just going to make a billions of these and just throw them at, at you. And yeah, you may shoot down 50 or 60, but there's still, you know, a thousand more coming at you. Right. Um because they didn't have the yeah you know, the shielding, they didn't have the the hyperdrive, you know anything like that. They were just you know flying death traps and. Although we we do start to see throw, that change throw them at uh, you. as you get towards Jedi, uh, when you start seeing the Tie interceptors, yeah, um, yeah the Tie yeah. yeah, bombers, which are just the interceptors are awesome looking, um, uh, you know, and then of course Legends has. You know the defenders and the tri fighter, and just so many more. Yeah, which the defender is, 
The Defender is now actually canon. Uh, it was ah, in Rebels. They, they brought out... Yeah. Um, the uh, the storyline was it was Thrawn's design. A design of Thrawn. Um, and that was, it was basically the story was is that there was a kind of a competition between Thrawn and Krennic as to which uh which which would would win the day as far as being the uh the new main weapon of the empire and thrawn what thrawn's idea was you know instead of having just one giant super weapon have several advanced fighters that can go head to head with anything the rebels put out makes sense and uh, unfortunately you know we we know who won the day with that one um, you know the the Death Star mm-hmm. eventually won out and got the uh, the go ahead as far as getting the uh, full support of the Empire. Um, well, yeah, and the Empire was definitely but, a believer in bigger is better. Yes, well, I mean, you have, I mean, it's all part of the uh, the the Tarkin doctrine, yeah. Imperial class Star Destroyer, Imperial Two. Then you get the Executor. Uh, executioner class they, they're huge they're super dreadnoughts um yeah yeah which are awesome it was yeah it was it fear yeah. intimidation i mean that's that's what it came down to it was gunboat diplomacy you know, the, 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 even the idea yeah well i mean the whole idea was that you know the the hope you know that you just just seeing the star destroyer above your world would cause your, your world to capitulate. Mm-hmm. You know, you see that thing over your overhead and you're like, I give up. Um, and also, you know, you have, like I said, the Tark- Tarkin doctrine where you make, you know, one example of, you know, one planet. And then when you go to the next planet, you tell them, well, you do what we say or, what happened at planet over there is going to happen to you. Exactly. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm catching up. I forgot to have our Facebook open um, <laughs> to make sure oh. if we're getting any, any guests over there. Yes. Oh, hmm. Okay. It hmm. is not broadcasting to the group. Let's see if it's going out to the page. Oh. Did I yes, not it's, it is, set it up? It right. is going out to the to the to the page, but not the group. And okay. If you're still there, Bob. Hey, how are you? Hmm. Thanks for joining us. Um, Bob Vergara is a is a close friend of mine. He's a great guy to have around. If you're putting on a con, he always volunteers to help. Um, and he loves cool. to cosplay. So, yes. Bob, if you got anything you want to bring up, uh, tech-wise, just key it in or come join us over on Get Vocal. That's right. And you can talk to us there. It's yeah. good to see you too, buddy. Um, yeah, a lot of my friends don't get to see much of me because I have to hide with this coronavirus thing, COVID. Um being yeah definitely being a high risker with my heart condition and uh yeah 
So I basically I was out of commission last year for surgery and this year COVID. So it's been almost two years since a lot of my good close friends and I have got to do anything. Oh, thanks, Bob. He just posted it. Always ready to work for you, Joe. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So I mean, um, tech wise, the droids seem to move slowly in improvements. Yeah. In in the universe. Mm-hmm. Um and of course, we always get to see the Empire do the Empire thing. Assassin droids, uh, you know, take medical droids and turn them into interrogation droids. Um, yeah. But no big advancements in droid tech. Is it, I mean, it can't have reached the pinnacle. Yeah. You just Well, I mean, and that could, that could be... Well, and that could have been part, part and partial to... You know, the fact that you just came out of a, you know, the Clone Wars in which droids were the main antagonist. You know, you have a war where, you know, you're basically fighting against battle droids and other droids. So you definitely see this and you see this throughout the, especially throughout the original trilogy, where there is this kind of um, distrust of droids. You know, you see that in the original movie, in the in the first in the first Star Wars, where he goes into the cantina and the the other the barkeep is, we don't serve you know, their kind. <laughs> we don't allow his kind. Yeah, and I think that could go back to the the Clone Wars, and this kind of distrust of droids and this kind see, of and that's where I get problems with the timeline because the distrust mm-hmm. for droids is there, but absolutely nobody remembers what a Jedi is in such a short yeah. time period. Um, yeah. You know, and yeah, a lot of that is Palpatine in the purges. Maybe there are more people that remember who the Jedi are. They just don't talk about it. Um, yeah. And it could be something that the further you get out from the core worlds, the more, the, the more likely you are to find people that don't know. You know, I think if you were to go into like, you know the core world, like Coruss- like Coruscant and um, Naboo, and- uh, Naboo, Corilia. You know those those co- kind of core worlds there. Then yeah, you're going to pe- find people that know about the Jedi and know who they are and what they are. Um, and but then the further out you get to the you know kind of outer rim areas and even beyond, then yeah, you're probably going to find people that. You know, you figure you have billions of people in the galaxy, if not trillions. Um, and, you know, even at their height, you know, maybe a few thousand Jedi. Yeah, there are probably going to be areas where they've never seen a Jedi or even heard heard, heard of, of a Jedi. Which, which is one you of know. the things I miss about Legends. And I'm glad a lot of the Legend stuff is making it back into canon. Um, I think Disney's realizing mm-hmm. just a blank shut out of it was maybe a mistake. Um, so they're getting to go back now yeah. though and pick and choose uh, because, you know, Jedi are heard of out in like the corporate sector um, because they're sent mm-hmm. there to mediate disputes. Uh, yeah. You, you didn't want to be a smuggler or anything like that and have a Jedi looking at you. Um, yeah. But like, you know, like I said, that was all of the legend stuff. So, yeah. What about the whole thing with the lightsaber? Uh, you know, a more elegant weapon mm-hmm. 
for a more civilized age. Yeah, a civilized yeah. time. I, I don't buy that. Hmm. I mean, it's it's definitely high tech. Uh, mm-hmm. And and hand blasters don't seem to get all that stronger. No, not really. I mean, you you have the the line of in the first in the original Star Wars with the uh, the 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 stormtroopers talking about the new blast the new blaster rifles coming yeah. in. Um, yeah, I was looking at that. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of it has to do. Yeah, I mean, you we start um, you know by uh, this. You kind of went out there for a second. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, by um, uh, Empire, we start to see uh, some different, you know, ground weapons, blaster weapons. But I'm thinking that's more of we're seeing a large ground assault versus we'd never seen that before in the first one. So that's why we've got the crew served yeah. rapid fire blasters mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the towers firing back at the uh adats and that kind of thing uh now there's a tech that was a screw up yeah the adat mm-hmm. and i'm sorry the adaptions don't work yeah. for me even in the in the sequels uh, you know okay now it looks like a gorilla with the folded over hands in the front the legs are still going to be vulnerable <laughs> um yeah yeah you know could you i, I we could take well, on I mean, the empire guess, right now against a ground assault with our tech, yeah, 21st century technology, mm-hmm. we could really hurt them uh, just with anti-tank mines and the walkers stepping on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boom! Mm-hmm. Okay, that doesn't have a leg now, because um, we saw explosives work pretty good on them. You know, Luke, Luke yeah. threw a little hand grenade up into one, and the entire thing exploded. <laughs> so, see, this is what happens when I miss the military yeah. tech episode. And I'm the military guy in the group, the big military guy. Like, yeah. Now I get to talk about all this stuff I wanted to bring up then. Um, <laughs> fighter tech. What do you see difference between the originals and the sequels? Uh, does the X-Wing seem any more? The upgraded X-Wings? I, I, I didn't see a vast improvement. Not really, no. I mean, there's a little bit of a, a design yeah, a sleeker. The design, the changes seem to be more cosmetic right. than anything. Now, I very sleek. Yeah. Now, I haven't really looked at the at the specs compared from the T65 to the I think it's the T67 is where they're at now, maybe 68. So I don't really know, like, you know, as far as the the specs, if they got like a new engine or um what the main difference is between well if you look at the engines i think they're like know, half the two, too. but on the surface it just looks like yeah, the cosmetic. engines look like they were cut in half they they don't show yeah. the full round yeah. circle anymore where the four engines were it's kind of four halves once the uh wings yeah. split apart um yeah now they, they fired missiles up, yeah. too right i think they yes. fired missiles that would have been an impro- a, a definite add a, tar- a tracking weapon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know the original one, you had the, the, uh, proton torpedo, the, uh, yeah. the torpedo 
photon torpedoes and the laser in the lasers. Um, so anybody that's on Facebook, if you're still on there, and can help us with that answer, I do not remember if yes. it seems like I remember them firing a missile or something similar in the the sequels, but I just cannot mm-hmm. get win. Yeah. Um, now the first order seemed to uh, do some quite advances on the Tie Fighter. Oh, definitely. It was. Um, it was a real the, fight. <laughs> yeah, from the uh, from yeah. Well, it seemed to get bigger. You know, the the you, I got the the feeling of like the original Tie Fighter that it was a, you know, a, definitely a one a one person fighter, and it was rather cramped in there. And now it seems like they've gone from a one person to a two person, um, and it's got shielding mm-hmm. now, which that didn't uh, have. I love like the way it lands um, now. Which we see mm-hmm. in Mando as well. Um, with the yeah, yeah, the, uh, the new tie. Yeah, cool. with the... um, it looks really awesome. Yeah. Well, I think it also has to do, you know, with the idea of putting shielding on the Tie Fighter with the new with the um, First Order. It was more also, you know, necessity. You know, you you went from having all the resources in the in the galaxy at your your fingertips where you could afford to just hobble together these little death traps and throw them at the enemy to, okay, now we're on the other side where we don't have the resources, so now we have to, you know... And But did the First Order... Change things around. the First Order also make the same mistake the Empire did? Because it seemed like the ships got even bigger. Um, Yeah. Yeah, they, they would go for intimidation and... Saw you know, look how big. But they obviously you know. couldn't fight the Republic head to head. Um, yeah, that's why they had to take out their three main worlds. Uh, you know, their new capital. I think it was a mm-hmm. fleet construction world, and so, you know, another one. The three worlds yeah. all were mainstays of the of the new Republic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That. Uh, and it was kind of nice because I was looking at the uh, most of the ships that the resistance was using other than the fighters looked like a lot of leftover rebel Alliance or just slightly upgraded. Yeah, definitely yeah, just older, slightly upgraded older ships. ships. Um, so that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, made more sense, especially if they just lost their main supplier who was probably yeah. giving them the fighters. Um, yeah, and pilots because obviously Poe mm-hmm. was a Republic fighter pilot. You know, uh, but everybody's all there. There are always the yeah. resistance, but no, there we're yeah. all flying Republic colors when they come in and Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it's that numbers versus quant, you know, quantity uh, versus quality. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of yeah. adversaries for the U.S. try to go with the quantity issue where we just keep making yeah. them better and better and better. Better. Um, yeah. So I think that's what the Empire was running into, which, you know, I hate to say, my beloved Empire could make an error like that. 
Um, but tech-wise, they choked off some of the tech because it was so concentrated on military in the Empire. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. you didn't get to see... Well, for one, we didn't get to see much of the civilian sector, except for outer rim planets. Yeah. And we never got to know what, what benefits were coming from the military research, if any, for the civilian structure. Yeah. You know, structure. Which is one of the things that makes it difficult to talk yeah. tech in Star Wars. You're always going to basically be talking about military. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, I mean... You know, the, 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 the rebels had their, you know, their military designers, their people that, you know, were designing their starships. Uh, of course, you have the, you know, the famous, the Mon Cal, the Mon Calamari cruiser. Which were converted um, cargo which ships, that really, right? That they turned, they took a design, uh, yeah, luxury, luxury liners and turned them into these nasty cruisers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which they had the the advantage of they had so many redundant systems that you knocked one out you had another one so you know that could just take its place and they could keep going so there were one of those ships they could take a beating and keep and on that's a reversal keep on going normal tech um, normally it's the military tech with all the backups and and safeties and, and yeah. the civilian stuff doesn't mm -hmm. <clears throat> they kind of reverse that they make yeah. the military ships have no backups. Yeah. Because um, it was awful easy. Yeah, right? you hit a star destroyer with a couple of ion bolts, and you are in charge. It's it's floating in space. And yes. hey, Navi, thanks for joining us. Uh, we yeah. have Navi from the Philippines has joined us over on Facebook. Hello, uh, welcome. So that's pretty cool. He uh, sends us a shout out from the Philippines. Yeah. We are definitely getting some international. Whoa. That's nice. So, so Navi, right. we're talking cool. uh, Star Wars technologies. Uh, what is there anything you'd like to hear us talk about? We've been talking a lot about the military and a little bit about some of the other aspects, lightsabers, uh, that type of thing. Um, is there any particular era yeah. that you're really into? Any of you out there that are watching? Um, basically, we could break it into the, the prequels, originals, and sequels as far as a good yeah. time period to choose from. It'll take um, a minute. One thing you can definitely see from going from the prequels into the sequels is the evolution of the, of the designs and how the, the different ships, you can see the Venture class Star Destroyer leading into the victory and then the imperial one and imperial two and you know you kind of see that same design kind of going through and the same thing yeah, with and fires. you know really good point there is you get to um, see because we see more core worlds we get to see a lot different yeah. ideas on ship building and ship design um mm -hmm. nabu definitely likes chrome oh yeah <laughs> yes um well they also like sleek I mean, the, the the designs are just very sleek, and uh, there's not a lot of angular lines. They're just kind of all rounded, and um, yeah. I mean, my first response to the Naboo uh, cruiser, more, or you know, that they escape in is, oh, somebody built an SR seventy one model and they chromed it. 
because it was a lot. You could tell that's where the original design came from. You know, our own Blackbird here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, um, very sleek, very trim, very modern looking with the chrome look and that type of thing. Yes. Although I didn't think the fighters did that justice. Um, no. They're, no. They, they're, uh, they're fighters from Naboo. Yeah, it looked a little fighter. weak. Um, yeah. But then yeah. we get to see like um, Dooku. But then you get. You know, with the, yeah. the solar sails and all of that. Uh, pretty dang quick for a solar sail vessel, too. Made it to Coruscant in record time. Yeah. Uh, well, and also you notice that one thing, and, you know, again, it, it could be one of those things that we just don't see it, but you see the, um, like when Obi-Wan, uh, you know, is traveling, to, you know, in hyperspace in his fighter, he's got the little ring that he flies into that then is able right. to take him into, you know, you don't see that. Um, well, but most ships are getting you know, added. Once you get into the, you know, most of the fighters that supposedly then by the, the yeah. originals come predisposed for hyperspace. Um, hyperspace, uh, yeah. Although, you know, it's not a bad idea to leave it off of a fighter because you should be able mm -hmm. to jam more. Well, I mean, you also ask, which they miss with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then you can, yeah. Which also begs the question why they didn't keep it for like TIE fighters. Right. You know, if you go, okay, if you're not going to you know. put it in a TIE fighter, then shields or uh, double up on the weapons. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, the TIE fighters seem to be very weak. I mean, as far as even firepower, a very weak. Yeah, not until ship, the, the interceptors know, come out come and before. Then I think it's the, the, the quads again. You finally get to a quad firing. Um, yeah, but, um, yeah, and you can look back at like the, uh, the separatists, you can actually see mm -hmm. that it was the separatists that all worked together to come up with the Death Star. You could see precursors to the yeah. Death Star with how the droid ships are designed. Uh, that, that big central mm -hmm. ball in the middle, uh, yeah, the the uh, the uh, separatist yeah. battleship, the um, the trade federation yeah, battleship, very similar to what you would see, except not as big, uh, on the planet. In episode yeah uh, two, you see you know the the separatist ships trying to evacuate, mm -hmm. and they're all that big globular configuration. So yeah, you know, and then the, yeah. that's the nice thing about the originals. Uh, the sequels is you do get to see a much larger variety of technology, which is what leads people to think the technology mm -hmm. went downhill under the empire. I think if they liked the tech, they just took it yeah. for themselves. Well, I think it's also easy to, I think it's also easy to, to look at it and think like, well, you know, the of this idea of stagnation i think that's easy to kind of get in that mindset of because the empire controlled anything everything and there was no real threat that there's this idea that maybe the technology stagnated because well there's no competition uh so there's no need to really innovate because and i mean but i mean just from talking to you that doesn't seem like that was necessarily the case mm -hmm. um that there wasn't necessarily stagnation. 
just very focused. A, um, despite the fact, yeah, despite the fact that there was no, you know, real, at least, you know, at the beginning from the Empire saw it, no threat. You know, they looked at the rebels initially as just being these kind of like, like ants, like, eh, we can just, but the, the technology changed to fit the, to adapt to the role for what the, the empire was compared to what the Republic was. And the tactics changed and the, the tech changed from, you know, what they were trying to do during the clone wars to what they were trying to do during the, uh, galactic civil right. war and now and, and that's and, and, and i think mando is actually covering that real good uh the mandalorian because yeah. of when it's taking place yeah you see some really cool advances for the empire because that's mostly who we've dealt with you do see i think the uh, one yeah. upgraded version of the x-wings um maybe it's the t66 mm-hmm. but yeah you know those resources right now for the fledgling new republic and the remnants of the empire are going at it head to head for supremacy. Yeah. So there's not going to be a whole lot of innovation. You know, the empire is fighting for its very survival. Well, at this point, um, the, the Republic is looking to do just the opposite. They're looking to demilitarize. Um, if you've read, if you've read any of the books or, you know, following the canon, that was one of the first things they did after the battle of, after the, uh, the battle of Jakku is, and they signed the Galactic Accordance, which ended, you know, officially quote unquote, ended the Galactic Civil War. The, um, the New Republic went through a massive demilitarization where they got rid of all their most a lot where, of their big where ships does and went to come more in of a Mando, trim down on the timeline. Um, just after. Uh, I think it was Jakku was just like a few, like a couple of years after Endor. Um. And this takes place five years after Endor. So this is just after the Battle of Jakku. I believe. I'm not you don't quote me on that, but I think it's I think it takes place after Jakku. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing if I can. If I can figure out the timeline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, I don't want an ad because then you'll want to make noise and everybody else will hear it. Well, I know a way I could possibly find out too. I can go to our good friend Brian Miller's Canon Library app, which, by the way, we are on now. So you can link to our show through his app, which is pretty cool. Mm hmm. And he has a canon timeline. All right, Rogue One. So um, Mandalorian takes place 
nine year at nine ABY, which is nine years after the Battle of Yavin. And the Oh, I I guess here in this uh, the wiki, the the Star Wars Wikipedia, the Wikipedia, it's saying it was one year, four days after right. the Battle of Endor. Okay, so yeah, so Mando takes place uh, quite a you know a few years after that, where the uh, Empire has been defeated and they've kind of gone into into hiding. Yeah, leaving it all as the Empire won't outlive me, kind of an attitude from Palpatine. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was part of the uh, his whole, which I mean, we can you know go into the the differences between, um, you know how everything ended in Legends compared to how it ended in. Well, yeah, and I mean, um, I'm glad the way they've done it, new canon, uh, because they basically take out the use of Vong. The Vom go away. This is true. Uh, there's no space for them in the timeline yes. now. Um, yeah. And of course, that then gets rid of the reason that they give you in the Legends books, that section of the books. That was one thing that Palpatine was trying to do, was get the known galaxy ready mm -hmm. for that invasion. Yeah. Because he, could, he foresaw it coming. And that's why he was building these world killer ships and all this stuff to take on their, their ships. Mm -hmm. um, yeah and I think that okay I gotta give Disney credit because that was probably my least favorite part of the legends um, other yeah. than the, the few that concentrated on like Wedge um, you know the one or mm -hmm. two books that, that concentrated on Wedge as part of that that whole war was were wonderful uh, mm. but it also showed why the Empire was putting so much effort into uh, military with no outside yeah. force and all their enemies defeated until the rebellion really got going, the Alliance, it was a lot of money mm -hmm. just being thrown credits, being thrown into a military that was not necessary. Yeah. You know, cause after the clone wars, no one else had a standing army or a standing Starfleet that, that, that could compare yeah, to No, it. no. But then again, I mean, you know, you look at you know going back to what the what the New Republic did with the demilitarization, which is something again that's different than what they did in the um, Legends, where they kept their military and had a more you know strong centralized you know military presence because you have you still had that constant you know fear of the Empire going for much further into Plus, the books. Plus, a lot, know, without until... the Empire, a lot of, what was it, old resentments between worlds had started to break out. Yeah. Bush War kind of a thing. And yeah. the Republic kept getting called yeah. in to put those little fires out. Put the fires out, yeah. And you, like I said, you still had the, you know, kind of, the the remnant of the Empire seemed to be a bigger threat in Legends than it, had, than it was, you know, at least what it was viewed in the the new canon where it's just kind of like they kind of had this feeling of like well um i think there were several reasons for you know for that one is they thought well the empire is defeated we don't need this anymore 
And there was this fear of a strong centralized government with a strong centralized military. Because they're like, well, we saw what happened when you get, you know, someone that. So we're just going to make sure that doesn't happen uh, again. We don't want to set ourselves up for a new emperor. Exactly. Um. Exactly. Uh, where, you know, you had an op- almost an opposite feeling within Legends where it was like, we need to protect ourselves. And the only way we can do that is by is together by working together to make right. sure you know that we can keep fighting. Yeah, and the, the empire, empire didn't remain a big threat in legends um, in comparison. Um, yeah, up until you know um, Paleon signed the treaty ending right, the war, which and even the end of that war was completely different than the end of the you know. It was you know, there was this idea that no one really won the Galactic Civil War in Legends. It was just like they signed a peace treaty and they right. stopped fighting. Right. They basically said, we'll stay on our side, you stay on your side. And when it was definitely the Empire lost. Right, and, and Pelion you know, definitely had started, new Republic. had started reforms in the Empire. Uh, the, the Remnant, as yeah. I think they called it there. They didn't yeah. really call it the Empire anymore. The Imperial Remnant, and, uh, yeah. It started reforms, and that was ticking off a lot of them, the, the surviving moths. Um, but yeah. there wasn't a whole lot. Those guys. But he say, also understood that the only way, because he had the military. <laughs> yeah, he is also smart enough to to understand that the only way the empire could survive was by making peace with the new republic. Right. You know that was part of his. You know he he wanted to keep the first or you know the new order going but he understood the only way he could do that was through stop fighting the new republic Which would never have worked into the sequels new order that i mean that had to no. definitely go unless you know they didn't show us there's still a remnant of the empire out there somewhere it could that, be. Uh, you know never did join the new order um some you know i know the sith were building star destroyers imperial class uh and yeah. now that we've had Mando kind of hint at a future appearance of Grand Admiral Thrawn, um, could he have taken remnants and gone to the Chiss Ascendancy? Mm. Now, now, and there's a people that are this very technological. Um, and we, we speculated on that. Yeah. We, we speculated on, on that with our other podcasts. Uh, that was the way, by the way. Check out That Was The Way, our Mandalorian after-show podcast that we do every week. Um, that would be awesome. A way to bring the Chiss so, in. Uh, great way to bring Thrawn in now that we've had the name drop. Uh, you know, I could just see Thrawn out there building defenders out of Beskar. Uh, <laughs> which would be a nasty fighter. Uh, <laughs> oh, Oh, yeah, you that didn't hurt at all. You have a lot of pissed off Mandalorians, yeah, that didn't hurt at all, <laughs> or they find a new source of it. Um, but I really wouldn't yeah. get the impression that Thrawn would care much about pissed off Mandalorians either. No, no. not really. No, no. He, he'd use the way against them somehow. <laughs> yeah, uh, so there, there's another one, Chiss. We do know that that's where the Defender gets heavy use in the Legends. The TIE mm-hmm. Defender gets built out there thanks to Mithrandu. Um, 
their 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 ships are pretty awesome. They're they're larger vessels. Yeah, uh, and they seem to use them more tactically uh, smart than the Empire did. Uh, it looked it almost mm-hmm. looks like the Empire starting to learn by the end <laughs> by Jedi, you know, carrier strikes, carrier strikes with these big ships. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe send in some of the older, smaller Imperials, not the Imperial twos, if you're gonna have to close. Uh, whereas you know the Rebels, the Alliance learned from their first victory with the Empire is close with those guys, uh, get in tight. Yeah. Getting close. Getting close, which we got to see in Rogue One. Um, that gave yeah. them a lot of experience in fighting Imperial ships. So, yeah. So, you know, tech-wise, one thing it, I... it's, it's awesome. It's not as clean as, say, Star Trek. Uh, no. It's grittier tech, even in the Empire. Mm-hmm. Although the, the Empire, yeah. like you said earlier, it's not as polished. Uh, you know, you don't see the tech polished in the originals, but you do when you're on board a Star Destroyer or on the yeah. Death Star. Everything is high gloss and clean and very stark. Very stark. Uh, yeah. So one thing I like that they change, and this is this isn't you know in universe tech. But it's something they changed with these kind of the, some of the effects. And I first noticed this in Rogue One is the way they changed the ships coming out of hyperspace. I love that. Just kind of like, boom, and they're there. Right. Thing they like you see with the Star Destroyer where you just see, you might see it all from the distance. And then it's just like snap of the finger and boom, it's there. Whereas it seemed like in the old one, you just kind of zoomed in and kind of, you know, slowly came in. And now it's just like, boom, 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 boom. And there's like 20 ships just there. I love that right. that kind of effect. And, it gives that sense of and like, I think Jedi they can appear. Jedi kind of threw that in, but we got it of the viewpoint of as they're coming out of hyperspace and you see uh, yeah. indoor, you see how fast the Alliance fleet closes with indoors. It's coming out of hyperspace. Yeah. Because uh, you just see indoor, it's the spec, and then all of a sudden it's right there in the view screen. Um and that was the first time they wore yeah. the new method. And you're right. I like that a lot. That's how in the last battleship, um, when the Missouri comes out of, of uh, light speed, her, her version, it'll look like that. Suddenly, it's just this huge ship is there. Um, there. Yeah. Nice. And since she is the only light speed, you know, faster than light equipped ship in the Alliance... Uh, or in known space at this point, because it's an old tech, and they've learned how to use these jump drives that are basically instantaneous to jump from system to system. Uh, when these bad guys come in and close off the jump points, you only got one ship that could move around. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I and it's right. It was that effect that got my attention. Um, just the giant was right there. Uh, yeah. Rogue One, I loved how they did it. I didn't like... I still want to see the Death Star actually come out of hyperspace. Come out of hyperspace, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see it even even just traveling. You never see it really. It's always just seems like it's yeah, there. It, you know, set course for Alderaan. Okay, can we watch you go into light speed? <laughs> that would be awesome. Please. 
yeah. Rogue One. Uh, you know, it comes out, it's already there. It, we have a mass shadow mm -hmm. coming out of hyperspace, and then you just kind of see it, it in the sky. Mm. Uh, although Rogue One is the best of all post-Disney movies. Oh, I definitely agree. <laughs> yes. So it felt like the originals to me. It did. It did. It definitely had that feel. And that's one thing I like about The Mandalorian, too, is it feels like Star Wars. It feels very set in you know, the, like the original trilogy universe. Um, so close enough, and they're throwing in enough good tie-ins. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. Although they have been very good about definitely. staying away from the Skywalkers. This is true. This is true. Uh, um, I'm I'm liking that. Yeah, I mean, I see a lot of people saying, "Oh, the Star, you know, we need to get the Skywalkers in," or maybe Luke will show up to train Grogu. Um, I don't like that name, but mm. I'm like, you know, that yeah. he's a little busy setting up his academy right now. Yeah, um, I think more than likely, we again, we talked about this on our show. I think more than likely you're going to see Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller. See, I um, like because he has such a I, I like one of the other fan theories and it's Mace Windu shows up. Uh, possibly because that would be somebody Grogu knows, uh, but well. I think. I think, though, if they're setting up for Thrawn, then it would make sense that it would be Ezra, considering how Rebels ended with Ezra and Thrawn being thrown into the unknown regions. Um, so I think that if you're going to bring Thrawn in, it would make sense that Ezra would be the one because they're kind of connected together. So I think that would make the most sense is that if you're going to find one, you're going to find or the Ezra's other. Or Ezra's rotting in a Chiss prison. Because that's where the is he was in the unknown regions. <sighs> mm. <laughs> but we also know that um, Thrawn didn't exactly uh, wasn't exactly the most beloved person within the chess either. Well, that did start uh, to change. When he left. That did start when he left, but that did start to change as far as more of his his legend. Um, yeah when you start getting Baron Fell and everybody into it, you start hearing nice things being yeah. said about Thrawn by the Chiss. Thrawn. Yeah. Well, and that was legends too. You know, we don't know what, it, what it, the, uh, his, what, how he's viewed within yeah. Canon. And I would point. love that. That's another character within that we need to see, see is, uh, Baron Fell. Baron Fell. And now yes, we're at the a good age group for I, Wedge Antilles to make a, a triumphal return in the Mandalorian. That would be fun. Even a name drop, I think, would be. Uh, that, that's another way. Again, we talked about this on our other show is that's one way that I would have no problem with bringing in some of these characters with actually seeing them is through just oh, name get everybody drops. really pumped up and excited. Watch the next four episodes, hoping they show and then they don't. <laughs> yeah, well, well, even even like um one thing I think, and this is something that Star Trek does too, is, you know, it could, you know, you could be seeing someone, you know, the Mandalorian looking through a a registry of something and, you know, the name Luke Skywalker shows up. It's, it would be in Arabish, but it would be something that, you know, hardcore fans that know how to, you know, read it would be like, oh, I correct that. That says Luke Skywalker yeah. right there. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, so, I mean, they've got some great characters. I, I have hope we'll yeah. eventually see Amara Jade, um, the Hand of the Emperor, show up. Yeah. Uh, I think Talon Carr would Talon be Talon too. Well, and if you notice, a lot of these are from Tim Zahn's books. Uh, yeah. You know, Thrawn, Jade, uh, Talon Card, Baron Card. Fell. Uh, you know, most of these guys are coming from that creation. Yeah. So yeah. we are at two minutes to end. Um, All right. So people, you can get well, a hold of me. Wrap things you guys can get up. a hold of me, Joe Cahill on Facebook, director, producer, or Steamhouse Entertainment on all other platforms. If you want to contact me, do it right here at War of the Stars or you know, check out the other show I'm involved with, One Crit Blunders over on Facebook. Cool. Uh, as always, you can get a hold of the show by emailing us, emailing us at warthestars1 at gmail.com. There's also our Twitter handle. Uh, we have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and type in War of the Stars. Uh, you can check us out there. And this show gets live streamed to the Facebook page. Usually gets to the group too. I don't know what happened this week. Um, each and every week. So you can check us out there. Or... Uh, an easier way to do that in a more fun way is to go to getvocal.com, sign up. It's absolutely free and allows you to interact uh, with us directly here. And who knows? We may even let you on the we show if you show up yeah. on Get Vocal uh, yeah. on the Get Vocal page. Let, let our uh, visitors join in. We have and Get Vocal is a great. It's an easy to use platform. It is very simple, and it allows you to, um, you know, pretty much, you know, make your own show. Uh, the guys, the people here at Get Vocal have been really, really great with us, and um, we really enjoy using the platform. You could also check us out uh, on wherever fine podcasts are heard, Anchor.fm, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts now, and... Um, yeah, YouTube, um, Patreon, YouTube, Patreon, yes, patreon.com forward slash war of the stars. Uh, you can support us there. You can also support us on anchor.fm. There's a little support tab there that allows you to, um, give us the money. You're on Get Vocal. There's a little to diamond you can hit to give us a little tip. Yes, yes. Definitely. Several ways you can you can help with the show. Uh, again, um, uh, our condolences to the the family of David Prowse. Um, but that will do it for us for this week. Hopefully next week we will have the uh, gang back together, the whole gang back together. And until and return then, though, our normal. this isn't just my return start. Return to our normal night. Yes. Yes. So I'm done. Uh, Go ahead. (laughs) This is oh sorry. (laughs) I try to do my I try to do my closing line here. Uh this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the force be with you. Here can't help falling in love by Elvis Presley on Amazon Music.